0: Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business. Hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You are listening to episode 141 of Process to Profitability, and welcome back to season four of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jenny Melrose to talk about attracting new customers with blog content. Blogging may not be talked about as much lately, but it's still a hugely impactful piece of your business. Jenny shares how she creates content that helps her audience and drives them to sign up for her email list. We also talk about using your website to sell products or services and the strategic way she points people to her opt-ins from her blog and website. Jenny is a former reading specialist who retired from her teaching career with her blogging income far exceeded her salary through hard work and dedication. Her lifestyle blog, the Melrose family became regularly sought out by nationally recognized brands such as Neutrogena, Smuckers, Glad, Costco, Stanley Seamer, Sarah Lee, and many more. She is a content strategist that helps entrepreneurs better understand their messaging and unique position in the online space. Now she's combining her passion for teaching with her extensive experience of creating strategic content for online business owners via JennyMelrose.com and her podcast, Influencer Entrepreneurs with Jenny Melrose, as well as her first book, Influencer Entrepreneurs, the four-step framework to building your audience, growing your business, and making more money online. You can check her out on Instagram to connect, listen to the podcast, and download her growing an email list guide with all the links in the show notes.
1: Hi, Jenny. Thanks for joining me today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Samantha. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from,
0: and how you got started in your
1: business? Yes, of course. So my name is Jenny Melrose. Um, I run the site JennyMelrose.com and have since about 2016. I originally started off as a lifestyle blogger back in 2009, so pretty much when the dinosaurs roamed the Internet. (laughs) Well, before Pinterest, I think Instagram was not even a thought yet. Uh, so, I had that site where I created quick and easy recipes and projects for busy parents. And it was primarily a food blog is what it became. Um, I had that site for 10 years till 2019 and sold it for six figures. And I, at that time when I was running the site, actually was a full-time teacher and my blogging income replaced my teaching income. So I retired at 35. And then of course, there were a lot of questions from other bloggers. How did you do this? How did you leave teaching? How are you making you know a steady income? And I started getting asked to speak, of course, around the country pre-COVID. And because of that, I was getting a lot of different questions about how to monetize, how to grow a business online that could actually work using social media, using organic growth strategies. And I developed JennyMullers.com as well as the podcast that goes along with it. So it's been a journey for sure, because of course it's things always continue to change, whether it's social media or how content is best delivered, whatever that looks like. But yeah, that's my journey.
0: Um, So today we're talking about attracting customers with blog content, which you've been doing for a long time, but let's start by talking about why blogging is impactful. I think a lot of us have kind of gotten away from that. We haven't heard as much about it lately. So why is it still a good choice for businesses?
1: Yes. So blogging gives you an opportunity to get in front of people organically, especially if you're paying attention to keyword research and SEO. It gives you an opportunity to rank on Google so that when someone goes in, look, asking for a question that your service solves, that blog content can now put them in front of You, your content gets put in front of them when they're doing that search via Google. So now when that comes up, they go through, they read your blog content, and then "Mm, she knows what she's talking about. And hopefully you're then using that blog content to grow your email list, which then can send them to your services and products that you offer. But that most important piece of the blog content is really knowing what people are searching for and using the terms that they're using in order to answer that question. Okay.
0: So let's talk about going off of that. Like, how do we use
1: our blog content to attract new customers? It sounds like it's all part of this journey. Yes. So when it comes to it, first and foremost, you obviously have to know who you're trying to attract, like know your audience, um, the people that you really ideally want to attract and be okay with repelling those that are not meant for you and your product or service. Then from there, creating content and that is going to answer their most the problems that they truly truly are struggling with the ones that you continually hear from them or the ones that even you may have struggled with and now you're in a on your journey where you're able to share how to improve that um, i know you and i have spoken and you were talking about your website and how you did it for your own business. And now you're able to do website design for others because that was part of your journey. And I think when you talk to people about and know the problems that you had and then able to share that with them and show the transformations that they can actually have with your skill and knowledge, it makes all the difference. So that blog content gives you that opportunity to give them small wins for them to start to like, know, and trust you. Yeah. So I know a lot of
0: people are focusing on social media. Do you feel like blog content is more impactful than
1: that? Is it just different? Like how do the two compare? So social media is rented space. That's the best way that I can describe it. You do not own it. We know Facebook and Instagram went down a couple months ago and lots of people panicked. They can decide how they're going to do things. I mean, it went down for 24 hours and people were in a panic. What about when they decide "Mm, we don't feel like doing this anymore? Not that they're going to do that. Please do not quote me as having said that. (laughs) But it has happened. There have been social media platforms. I was a user of Google plus way back in the day. Cause again, when dinosaurs roamed the earth is when I started and I had over 660,000 followers on Google plus, they turned around and said, mm, we're done with this. We're not good. It's not working. It's not what we wanted it to be. Everything. We're closing it down. That was gone. And if I hadn't converted those 660,000, which unfortunately I did not the way that I should have, over to an email list or over to that blog, I have no way of getting in front of them. Again, it's gone. We've seen plenty of people get locked out of their Instagram or their Facebook accounts. We've seen people get banned for certain things that have been said on Facebook or whatever it might be for whatever reasons. You just cannot solely rely on social media. It's definitely a part of your business. It's a way for people to truly get to know you, but your social media purpose should be to grow that email list And therefore that's where the blog comes in because the blog can attract those people. You can send them there over to the blog and then be able to grow your list from those people that are coming.
0: Okay. That makes sense. It sounds like social media is almost like the first step in the journey and then send them to a blog and an email list and move from there.
1: Yes. It's definitely a piece of it. I would say, you know, grow that list, have something that you're going to offer them, especially that's in line with your product or service that you're offering.
0: Is your website actually working for you? There's only one way to really know if your website is supporting your business, the conversions you're seeing. That's why I've created a guide with five updates that you can make right now to get a higher converting website. Everything else, the number of visitors, your follows on social media, your Google ranking is just vanity if it's not doing something bigger. The power of a well-designed strategic website is in moving people from checking you out to getting engaged. In this free guide, I'll give you five simple things you can update on your website to start getting more engagement and turning visitors into clients. You can download it now at lemonandtheseed.com slash five updates. That's lemonandtheseed.com slash the number five and the word updates. Okay. So when we think about creating blog content, this is where so many people get tripped up. They feel like they have, they don't have enough to say to fill up a whole blog, but what goes into creating content? So the first
1: piece is what words are your people looking for and searching for? So a perfect example, if I'm going to talk about Instagram stories, I need to know what terms are they using to search? Are they writing? How do I create Instagram stories? Or are they asking, how do I stay consistent on Instagram stories? Your string of words that you use in order to search for what they're looking for and then to write that content for them matters. Because if you put in how to create and they're actually looking for how to stay consistent on Instagram stories, they're not going to find you. It's Mm -hmm. going to be a much more difficult way to be found. So once you have and understand the questions that they're asking, the way that I do it is I put right into Google, I put in the what I think I'm going to write a topic about. Even if I'm doing a podcast interview, I do the same thing. When you and I had our podcast interview, you wanted to talk about website conversions. So I put in there strings of words to try to figure out the best keywords so I could come up with a title that was going to work best. Now, when I did that, it gave me the how often people were searching for website conversions. And then it also told me the questions that people are asking. And if you go back and look, the questions that I asked you were the questions that Google told me people were continuing to ask about website conversions so that I can make sure that I'm showing Google, hey, I've got all the answers to this. Mm -hmm. Put me, show me first to other people instead of someone else that maybe only answers one question. Right. And by doing that, it attracts the right people that are looking for that content. So do you
0: do all of that in Google or are there other tools that you recommend people use?
1: Such a good question. So I actually have a Chrome extension in order to do this. I use Uber Suggest. It's a free Chrome extension. You can just pop it up into your um, Toolbar. And then when I put this into Google over in the side, it's going to show me the amount of times in 30 days that people and only in the US, because it only do your state, you can, or state, excuse me, country. You can change it based on like if you're trying to go for a different audience, maybe in Ireland or in China. You can change it to see what the volume is in 30 days for them. But US or based. It's primarily if that's who your your audience is, make sure you have it for us and then also look at the volume for it um, so that you know how often people are looking for it. Yeah. We've talked about that actually before. I've heard
0: other people suggest it. I think it's a really helpful tool once you kind of have learned how to sort through things. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so what else? You kind of know what your topic is, what questions you want to answer. Do you have other tips for creating really good blog content that gets people to keep reading?
1: Yes. So, anytime you can create content that gives them five, a number, a number of tips that's going to help them figure out that question. So, for example, with your interview, it was website conversions, and we did five tips to make easy website conversions from your site. That is going to again, anytime you use numbers, it kind of pinpoints them to their eyes go straight to it. They want those tips. They want to be able to figure it out, make it as simple as possible for themselves. Also, when you're creating that post, making sure that you kind of look a bit at it, like an outline, having heading pieces set up within that post. So anytime I write content, I always create an outline, whether it's a blog post, whether it's an interview. And I know what are going to be my main headings, my subheadings, just like when we were in elementary school and they taught us how to create (laughs) those silly outlines. You thought you'd never use them with like Roman numerals and big A and little a. That's what you're doing. You're using your heading tags within your blog post to Make it easy for them to be able to feel organized and have their questions answered. Anytime you can use bullets, that's always going to help. So it helps them kind of pinpoint exactly where they should be looking for the content. It also helps Google scroll and read the content and understand it's organized and all the answers are going to be within it. Yeah. That's perfect. And we've talked
0: about that on the podcast as far as other pages.
1: So it just carries over
0: into your blog posts, like, make sure you have those headers set up with the keywords. Make sure it's not just huge paragraphs of text. That's all you know, it's all the same on websites because of how people read and how Google works. Yes.
1: And you also need to think about, are your people coming in mobile? Are they coming in desktop? If they're coming in mobile, you you have huge paragraphs. They're going to get, they're going to go off quickly because they're going to get tired from continuing to read these huge paragraphs. So like you said, you know, I think my paragraphs may be four sentences at the most in a paragraph, if even that. Um, and it's normally a smaller text so that it just kind of easily flows and can kind of direct them to where they're trying to go. Yeah. So
0: if you have a blog post and, you know, we've talked about, then you want people to get on your email list so that you can move them along. How do you recommend doing that?
1: I will always try to make sure that I have pillars of content that I want to be known for. So as Jennymalrose.com. I want to be known for influencer marketing, social media tips. When it comes to primarily lean towards Instagram and then blog content. And those are primarily my things that I'm looking to be known for. With that, I create Guides that are going to be able to help them um, kind of go along and see where my services can take them to my products or even to my one on one services. Those guides are my opt ins. The opt ins get them onto my list. And then from there, I'm able to nurture them through my email list, through my continued blog content and podcast content. Perfect. And I
0: think it's good to know that you don't have to have like a new opt-in for every blog post. It's really, if you keep things in those pillars of content, then you can use the same ones because they are still relevant and they ultimately lead people to something you actually do. So it moves people along and it gives them the idea that you're an
1: expert. You can help them. You're giving them something to take away with them. Yes, absolutely. And you can do all the little pieces that come off of that. So for example, I like to talk about Instagram because it's a large part of how people are being found now. When I talk about Instagram though, I'm maybe one is Instagram reels and another is talking about Instagram stories. Another one's talking about like what happens if your Instagram account you get locked out of. All of those have the same opt-in, which is my Instagram engagement guide. So it gives me an opportunity to have tons of content and still, like you said, drive them towards that one piece pillar, which becomes my opt-in and my guide. Awesome. All right. So
0: what mistakes do you see people make when it comes to creating blog content for their
1: business? I would say the biggest thing is that there's no direction that they're trying to pull them towards, right? We always want to start thinking about products, services that we're trying to drive them towards and keeping our content in line with that. A lot of times people will use a blog and they just kind of go off on all different areas of different topics. And because of that, it makes it hard for people to understand what you want to be known for. And it also makes it hard for Google. So Google isn't going to necessarily recommend or show you in search because it's not sure what you're wanting to be known for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the difference that as we get into a business, we have to learn the difference between like a business blog that's concentrated on topics and personal blog where you're just sharing everything, all kinds of stories and you know, you can mix those a little bit, but really for your business, you want to be able to help people with that thing you want to be known for.
1: Yes. The problems you got to know the problems that your people have so that you can continue to solve them for them. All right. So I would
0: love to know what you recommend for people who are creating websites to then sell products and services. So they've got a blog, they need a place to have that and then send them to those products or services.
1: So I think that when it comes to first homepage, because I think a lot of people forget about that, they'll just try to create the blog content and think that people are just going to automatically come in from there. But if you're wanting to be known for a product or service, you want that homepage to be done well. And I think that what's most important is to have that squeeze page, have an opportunity for them to opt into your list right in the house. Letter, right up top, and then also again at the footer, and I think making sure that that homepage directs them towards which way you want to go. So when you come to the page, does it talk about your coaching services? Does it talk about your products that you have, or does it bring them towards their podcast? Um, it really want you want to make sure that the journey that they're going to take on your site makes sense. Perfect, and
0: we talk about that as well because, uh, from a website design perspective, I need to know what that journey is as well so that we can set those pages up. And I know when we've talked before, we've talked about like, especially that opt-in for your email list, you want to include that in multiple places. So if that's the goal of our blog content and our website, do you have places you recommend to include that
1: email sign-up? So I actually create almost like it looks somewhat like an ad on my site where instead of it, a lot of bloggers will have, you know, just ads that are square that when you go to their site, they just kind of pop up within content. I create something similar. It's the email header size within Canva. And I create an image that's similar to the one that I would have on like my homepage in my header. It's going to have a picture. It's going to say, get it now. It's going to talk about your free, let's say Instagram engagement guide. And then it's going to have a picture of the flat leg of the Instagram engagement guide so they can see what they're getting. That then links to the sign up form so that they can put all their information in to be able to get onto my list. That, depending upon how much, how long the post is, I will put strategically throughout the content. So it kind of breaks up my paragraphs, but also is able, people are can see how it's connected to the topic that we're talking about for that blog content. So it's easy for them to say, okay, that, I want that Instagram engagement guide. We've been talking about Instagram stories or Instagram reels. Let me hop onto this and get on our list and make sure I'm doing the things I need to be doing for Instagram.
0: Awesome. I think that's a great way to do it. And I'm sure
1: because you're creating it in Canva, you're not having to
0: redo it every time. So it's easy to just kind of pop in there, get people to sign up and, that makes everything faster when you're trying to write all of this.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's part of my media images. So I'm able to just drop it in there every time. All right. Awesome.
0: So do you have any other advice when it comes to creating blog content as we wrap up?
1: I would say one. The biggest thing is like we've talked about, making sure that you're thinking about the problems that your people have. So I think it also goes back to making sure you know who you're trying to attract. I have talked to a lot of different clients that will say to me, "Well, I just want to work with women entrepreneurs." I'm like, "There's a lot of women entrepreneurs. Let's get a <laughs> little bit more specific about who we are truly trying to attract." What your age range? Where do they shop? What kind of things do they like to do? Because those are the places you want to go and hang out. Not that you want to go and like hang out in Target, but you want like on social media, you want to be, you know, talking about different topics that are going to get them excited and give an opportunity to interact with you. So I think it's really important to truly know your audience and who it is that you're wanting to attract and understand that even though you may have people that are outliers. For example, like my ideal audience are teachers because I teach like a teacher. I am a former teacher. I talk like a teacher and I attract those types of people. But that's not to say that every single one of my clients was or is a teacher that is now trying to grow their business online. So there's always going to be outliers, but know who you're going to be best at speaking to and really geared towards them.
0: Perfect. I think that's so important to know who you're working with and to realize that that doesn't mean that you can't grow a business. It's a lot easier for people to know that they're a good fit for you. If you can be specific about who they are and what
1: their problems are and how you help them. Yes. hundred percent. All
0: right. So we always wrap up with the question. If you could recommend one thing to a friend, what would that be?
1: I would say that not letting imposter syndrome sneak in. You're always going to think that someone can do it better than you can, no matter where you are on this journey, whether you've been doing this for 10 years, whether you've been doing it for two, it is always going to seem like someone else could do it better. Why am I putting this out into the world? You have to remember that your voice is your voice. And the people that are meant to hear that voice are going to find you. And if you don't put it out there, you're being selfish because you're not helping the people that you could very well be helping. And you were probably put on this earth to do that. So I think just making sure that you put it out there and getting, (laughs) trying to close the door on as much imposter syndrome that sneaks in.
0: Yeah, that's awesome advice.
1: All right. So how can people find you online and connect with you? The best place is honestly Instagram. Um, my Instagram account is at Jenny underscore Melrose. Any questions, I am the one that is in DMs. So you can definitely send me any questions that you may have. I am happy to answer them. And then I also have a podcast called Influencer Entrepreneurs, which your podcast episode actually comes out in a couple of weeks after this one. So I am super excited to be able to share that with your audience as well. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening
0: to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.